Well, I just want to take a moment, uh, for those of you who don't know, I'm Steve Johnson. I'm the, the lead pastor here at New Life, and we are just so happy that you have chosen to join us today, and we're just happy that you've come for uh, Back to School Sunday, and we, we welcome you that. We want to welcome those who have join, are joining us online this morning. We're, uh, our services are on Facebook and on, the, uh, on our website, and uh, and, and on YouTube, and so people are joining us uh, from, actually, we have people, friends that are around the world that join us every Sunday, but uh, we're just thankful that you've joined us here this morning, and whether you've joined us online or whether you're here in-house, we want to connect with you. That's what's important to us, is connecting with you, and one way we do that is through the, uh, these cards that are on the seats, uh, are in the seat back in front of you. They're called connection cards. And if you would just take those cards this morning and fill it out with as much information as you're comfortable giving us, uh, the most important thing is to allow us to connect with you. But also on the back of it, uh, there is a place that, that gives you the opportunity to write down your prayer request. Maybe you're going through something. Maybe your family's going through. Maybe you just want us to stand with you in prayer at the beginning of this new school year. And so just write down your prayer prayer request. Prayers are important to us here. We're a church that believes in prayer. How many believe in prayer? Amen. We believe in the power of prayer, and, and prayer is important to us. And uh, we just finished a week of prayer and fasting here, and we still have what we call our prayer walls up on the side here. And so today, before you leave, if you want to write your prayer request there, there's markers over there. Just write whatever it is that we can be standing and agreeing with you in prayer over, as well as on these cards. I promise you that we as a church will be praying for you and praying over you. Prayers important. We believe in it, but you're important, and what's on your heart and what you're going through is important to us, and we want to pray for you. Amen? Amen. Uh, another way that we connect with people, that you connect with us, is through our giving, through our tithes and our offering. And if you're going to be giving today, there's four ways to give, and we'll put those up uh, on the screen. And so you can, you can see those four ways to give. If you want to know how to give this morning, you can, uh, you can see one of our ushers, and they'll also help you. There's boxes on the right and, on, and out in the foyer. You can put the, uh, whatever you're giving in envelopes and just drop it those boxes as well as your connection cards. So you turn those connection cards in those boxes. Amen. Well, once again, uh, we want to connect with you. And if you're joining us online, uh, you can connect with us just like those that are connecting with here in-house with those connection cards. If you're online, all you have to do is, is uh, put in the words for life, the number for the word life. You just text that to 94,000, and uh, we will get that. It'll give you the opportunity to connect with us through your prayer request. Amen? Once again, I want to thank you guys for coming to Back to School Sunday. How many, how many find it hard to believe your kids are going back to school? <laughs> yeah? I mean, this, this summer has gone by really, really fast, hasn't it? And, uh, but we're going back to school and our teachers are going back. My wife is a school teacher. We have other teachers in the house here and uh, we have a preschool and we have bunches of teachers there. And uh, the teachers in, in public school are going back to work this week and then next week kids go back to, back to school. And so we just want to cover them in prayer. That's part of what our prayer and fasting has been about is praying over our teachers, praying over our schools, praying over the students and families. Amen. Amen. 
Amen. Well, there's something else that's exciting about uh, this time of year. School's exciting. I know to families and, and uh, moms and dads, I was a parent and you know, now I'm a grandparent, but, uh, but when we were a parent of little ones, we couldn't wait for the kids to go back to school. By the time summer came, it was like, thank God there's school for them to go back to. But, but there's something else exciting about the years. For those of you who don't know, I'm a big football fan. I, I love football. How many football fans do we have in here? We got a few, right? I love football, and I'm getting excited because football season is coming around. And, you know, across this country right now, uh, because football season is coming around, across this country there's athletes all around the country, NFL, college, high school, even Pop Warner uh, football. There's athletes that have one thing in common. They're all going to be trying to make the team. They're going to be working hard. They're going to be doing what it is necessary. Why? Because they want to make the cut. They want to make the cut to make the team. And uh, I remember growing up and playing. I played Pop Warner football, and I played high school football. And, and, uh, and I remember every year, if you wanted to make the team and if you wanted that position that, that, that you loved to play, you had to work hard to make the cut. You had to learn the playbook and you had to do what the coaches told you to do. You had to be on time and show up ready and, and you had to be a leader on the team and coaches noticed that stuff and that helped you to make the cut, to make the team, to get the position you were, you were looking to make. And, and uh, you know, I, I remember doing that every single year. But you know, one of the things that I, I realized is I wasn't going to go on and play college football or play in the NFL. And those lessons of Pop Warner football and high school football taught me life lessons. The reason I did that, because I learned a lot about life. And what I learned, one of the things I learned is that life is a series of opportunities to make the cut. Throughout life, you're always faced with an opportunity. And if you're going to be successful, you're going to go through the process. From here and there, you're going to go through the process of making the cut. If you play a sport, you got to work hard to make the cut. And some people do, some don't. And uh, when it came to college, I didn't make the cut, but I sure made the cut in Pop Warner and, and high school. But if you're applying to get accepted to a college... You know, you've got to work hard. You've got to make the grades. You've got to put yourself out there to make the cut. The same when it comes to jobs. How many of you know that jobs, getting the right job, the job you want, is all about making the cut. It's about presenting yourself. It's about how you present. It's about doing the job. And you know, the thing about making the cut is some people do, and some people don't. Some people don't make the cut. Not everyone in life makes the cut. It's a sad fact, but it's just true. And our spiritual lives, our spiritual lives are a lot like this as well. How many of you know that everyone doesn't make the cut? Everyone, according to the Bible, everyone is not going to be saved. Are you hearing me? You got quiet on me. How many know everyone by what the Bible tells us, is not going to heaven. Now, what we want to believe, every one of us want to believe that everyone is saved, everyone's going to heaven. But, if, if, but the core and the truth of the matter is the Bible tells us everything that we need to know about eternal life. And, it, and it's very clear of the Bible, not everyone goes to heaven. 
Not everyone is saved. Eternal life is all about making the cut. Making the cut in our spiritual lives is not about what God is doing or what God has done. You see, you can't earn your salvation. How I many know you can't earn your you can't earn your way to heaven? It's not about how, how good you are. It, it, you can't earn eternal life. It's not about that. It, it's not about what he, what he does. It's about what he's already done. I'm going to say that again because I want you to grab. It's not about us trying to earn our way, and it's not about, about, uh, about us trying to do something to earn his favor. It's all about what he's already done for us in our lives. It's already about what he's done. But now, once we grasp and understand that it's about what he's already done, we begin to look at the fact that now it's about what you do with what he's done. That's where we make the cut. You see, salvation is and, and eternal life and heaven is available to every person. The Bible's clear about that but it's also clear that there are some that will not make it. Are you hearing me? So it's not about what he's done. He's the provision of eternal life. The provision of salvation is for every person. It's his will. It's about what it's truly about, making the cut is truly about what you do, what you decide to do with what he's already done. Are you understanding? Did I make that clear? You see, the Bible is filled with opportunities for each of us to make the cut. I use that word, make the cut, because I think it, it, every one of us can relate to, to that. Every one of us can relate to what it means to make the cut in life, whether it's a job or sports or, or whatever it is. But the Bible's filled with, the op, with opportunities for us to make the cut. He's constantly, the Bible's constantly saying, draw closer to God, come near to God. He's constantly saying things like, press in and come to know me and get to know me. And he's constantly inviting us to come into a relationship with him. You see, making the cut is all about what we do with what God has already done for us. It's about what you do. And not everyone makes it. Not everyone makes it. Now, some do, some don't. Our hope, our hope is that everyone will. Our hope is that everyone we come in contact, we can make an impact. We can speak to them. We can share life with them. And our hope is that they will. That they will do what they need to do with what he's already done so that they make the cut. Does that clear? And that's our hope for every person that's here this morning. The question for you this morning, the question of this message for you to ask yourself is, are you gonna make the cut? It's the question every one of us need to ask ourselves. Am I making the cut? Am I going to make it? If you have your Bibles, turn in to the book of Luke. 
the Gospel of Luke, chapter 17. Uh, if you want to, if you want the message notes from this message, you go to how many of you have the the U version Bible app? If you have the Bible app, you can go to your U version Bible app, and there's a little box on the right hand side uh, that says uh, uh, more. You just click that and go, and you'll see uh, it says events, and then New Life Church, and you can you can click all that and get our message notes, save them. You can get all these scriptures, take them home with you, and I. I hope you do that. But in the story that I'm about to share out of Luke 17, there are 10 men, 10 men that had one thing in common. This story is about 10 men that were lepers. They had, the thing they all had in common is they were lepers. Now, leprosy was not just a physical disease, as we would think, but it was at that time especially, it was a social disease disease. They were not to associate with other people. It was a social, they had to stay away. They could not come near people, partly because leprosy was so contagious. They didn't want people getting sick. They wanted people to stay away. But the other thing is leprosy, they, they referred to lepers, lepers as outcast. See, le- lepers, they believed they believed that lepers had done something wrong socially. They had believed that they had sinned. They'd done, and that's what caused leprosy. At the time, that's what they believed. So they were not just physically contagious, and, but it was also, this was a social disease, and nobody wanted to come near them. These 10 lepers, every one of them were about to face some decisions and choices in their lives. Choices and decisions that how they made those choices and decisions would determine whether or not they made the cut. Are you hearing me? So let's read. We're going, I'm going to read through Luke. Uh, we're going to start. We're going to go to chapter 17, start at verse 11. So follow along with me. Uh, it just says, Now as it happened, as Jesus went to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men, who were lepers, who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, Go show yourselves to the priest. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, he returned with a loud voice, glorified God, and fell down at his feet, giving him thanks, and he was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Were there not, were there not any found who returned to, to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Arise, go your way, your faith has made you well. Father, we just pray, Lord, today that, Lord, that each one of us would open our hearts, not just to hear my voice, but to hear your voice. Lord, that we would all open our hearts to the Holy Spirit to speak to each one of us. Lord, to know your will, to do your will, to be who you created us to be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. How many know we all make choices in life? How many make choices? Every single day of your life, we all make choices and decisions. And those choices and decisions we make in life reveal our heart, 
to certain aspects and parts of our lives. It It reveals our heart, but it also, those choices and decisions we make in life determine your future. Every choice you make will determine some part of your future, whether or not, in these cases, whether or not you make the cut or you don't. Are you hearing me? We see in this story the choices these lepers made. Who made the cut and who didn't. The title of this message is simply making the cut. I want you to remember those words because every one of us, every one of us, every day have choices that we make. Choices that will determine whether or not we make the cut that day in whatever we do and also whether we make the cut in eternal life whether we make the cut for eternity. So the first choice that I want you to see, I've got three, I want you to see three choices, three aspects of, the, of making the cut here this morning. And the first one we see is receiving Jesus as Savior. That's the first cut every one of us need to make. We all need to make that choice to receive Jesus Christ as Savior. These 10 men looked to Jesus and cried out to him. They needed salvation. They looked to him and and cried out to save them. Verse 12 here says, Jesus entered a certain village and there met him 10 men who were lepers who stood afar off. And they lifted their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Now, first notice that they were standing afar off. Why? Because they, were, they had this disease. They, in fact, the law at that time required that, they, that if they come near anybody, that they lift their hands and say, unclean, unclean. They were supposed to tell people that they were unclean. How many ever felt that way with when COVID? <laughs> I told my wife so many times when I had it, I, I felt like I, I'd ever, if I go anyplace, you know, if I see anybody coming down the street or whatever, I got unclean. Well, you kind of got a feel for what, what people like with leprosy and, and these things in the, in the law, what they felt like in these. We, we can think about that in, in an aspect of, of what these lepers felt like. They were contagious, but, and, you know, COVID, it kind of became a social disease in a sense that, that we all felt like we were unclean, right? Like something was wrong with us. And, and, you know, sin is like that. Sin is like that. Sin makes us all feel unworthy, unclean. Our past choices, the shame we experience because of them makes us feel like we're not good enough to come to God. We're not good enough to be around other people. But I want you to be reminded this morning, Jesus is always calling you to come closer. Sin will never keep him from you. It only keeps us from him. And he's always calling us to come near, come closer. Jesus wants us to be with him to know him. And the first choice all these lepers made, every one of them made this choice, was to recognize that they needed Jesus. They recognized and they cried out to him, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. They recognized they needed a Savior. The first thing every one of us need to recognize is we need a Savior. No matter what, the Bible tells us that we're all sinners but we have the opportunity to be saved by his grace. 
The first cut that we all need to make is to recognize Jesus is the only one who can save us from our sins. Jesus is the only one. Jesus is your only hope. You live, if you live in the constant knowing or recognition that Jesus is my only hope, these lepers, Jesus was their only hope. It was their only hope they had. Other than that, they were outcasts. They were, they were doomed to staying outcasts. Jesus is our only hope. And that's what, these, that's what these lepers did. They cried out to him, Jesus, have mercy on us. See, we're, we're all sinners. We, all of us, in our sin, we think we're not good enough to come to this holy God. We all need a Savior so that we can so God sent his son. God sent his son, his only son. How many of you, speaking of football today, how many of you have ever seen a sign like this on TV at a football game? Anybody ever see that? You see him all the time, every year, right? You see him sometimes even other places. But John 3.16, John 3.16, we all probably know it. It's one we'd all know. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. See, what I want you to understand from that this morning is that there's no way around it. Jesus is the only way to God. He's the only way to eternity. He's the only way that we can experience eternal life. Jesus is Savior. Say that with me. Jesus is Savior. He's not a Savior. He is Savior, the one and only. He's the one we can all put our whole trust in. So the first cut the first cut we all need to make is to receive him as Savior. The second choice and cut we all need to make is making Jesus Lord. Making Jesus Lord. Look back at verse 13 in, in Luke 17. It says, And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master. They had to recognize he was Lord. That word master means Lord. They lifted up their voices, said, Jesus, master, or Lord, have mercy on us. So when Jesus saw them, he said to them, go show yourselves to the priest. And so it was, as they went, they were cleansed. Notice, notice this, that their healing, their salvation, if you will, their healing came not just by recognizing Jesus was their Savior or healer, that he could do what they needed to be done, but their healing came in their obedience to him as Master and Lord. He said, go. They went. As they went, they were healed. Do you see that? We must understand that it's one thing to recognize Jesus as Savior, but it's something else to recognize him as Lord, as Lord. Romans 10.9 says this, and I want you to see this first word. If, that word if is a determinant of this whole passage. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. How many know salvation is a guarantee 
if, if you confess with your mouth him as Lord and believe in your heart that he's been raised from the dead. You see, God sent his son, Jesus. He sent his son to save us from our sins, to give us eternal life. Salvation is, isn't about receive, just about receiving his provision of salvation, but salvation is also about us making him Lord of our life giving him the lordship, giving him the authority over our lives, making him Lord. Here's what I want you to hear with this. Salvation is about him surrendering his life for us. Making him Lord is about us surrendering our lives to him. I want to say that again so you grasp what it's about. Salvation comes because of him sacrificing and surrendering his life for us, laying his life down on the cross for us. Making him Lord is about us, in turn, laying our lives down, surrendering our lives to him. See, this is where so many people don't make the cut. They want to believe that they're saved. They want to receive him as, as, as savior. But when it comes to making the sacrifice of laying your life down for him, they're unwilling to make the sacrifice. That's where most people don't make the cut. They think, okay, I've said it, I'm saved, I'm saved. But then they go about their lives and everything is just back to, to normal, back, you know, and, and their lives haven't been changed. Making him Lord is where our lives begin to be transformed. These, these uh, lepers, their lives were transformed as they did what he said to do. Their lives were changed, transformed, and they were healed. Receiving him as Savior is one part. It's, if you will, it's the first cut. The second cut is we've got to make him Lord and do what he says. As we do, our lives are changed and transformed. So the second cut is you've got to make him Lord. He's got to become Lord of your life. The third choice and cut that we see here in this passage and that all of us need to to consider here this morning is we must worship Jesus for who he is. We must worship him. Back to Luke 17, verse 15. And one of them, it says, verse 15, it says one of them. There were 10. Remember this, one of them, when he saw that he was healed, hear this, when they saw that he was healed, he returned with a loud voice, glorified God. He glorified him. Verse 16 says, and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And then it says, and he was a Samaritan. Now that tells us a lot. You see, Samaritans were socially unacceptable people in this culture. They were not accepted Remember the woman at the well? She was, a, she was a Samaritan. She had to come out at a different time because she, they were, Samaritans were unacceptable to in the, in the culture at this time. It says that he was a Samaritan. This man was already dealing with all of that in his life, and now he has leprosy, which is also socially unacceptable. Notice out of these 10 lepers, he was the only one that came back. He was the only one that came back. He's the only one, in a sense, at this point that made the cut. He returned to thank him. He returned to worship him for what he had done. You see, all these lepers had it right. 
Every one of them had it right. They, they recognized Jesus as Savior. Every one of them called him, Master, Master, have mercy on us. You see, we, I want you to understand, God's plan for us is more than just that, he, that we get saved. It's more than we just, that, that we become to the place of giving him our lives. But there's more to it than that. There's more to this thing called salvation and the lordship of Jesus Christ. There's more to what it is to be a Christian. And it's all about worshiping him for who he is. What he saved us from. We recognize he saved us from our sins. We recognize he's changing my life as I am obedient to him as Lord. Are you hearing me, church? The old Westminster Shorter Catechism, you may have never heard that before, but it's, it's an old teaching in the church. And it says this, man's chief end, man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. Our chief end as humans, we were created to, be, to worship God. There's a theologian, uh, G.K. Beale, said this. He says, we by nature, by creation in other words, by nature are worshiping creatures. And we will eventually become like what we worship. If that is God, we will be molded into the image of God. How do you know that that's our purpose? to be changed, to be like him. But if we choose to worship idols, then we become like idols. You will become what you worship. You see, God's, God's plan for all of us is to become like Jesus. His plan is to become like Christ. And many today, many people today, worshiping and serving God and being a Christian, living with them is a secondary thing. It's like, well, I got to go to work to make money. I got to do this. And, and, and we, we pursue everything else that this world has to offer instead of pursuing the only person that has meaning in our life. And that is Jesus Christ. That's the only thing that means anything. And so many people are worshiping at the altar of riches and wealth and power and pleasure. They're worshiping. And this, what this says is that you will become that like what you worship. Jesus said in John 4, 24, God is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. You see, in this story, 10 lepers recognize they needed Jesus as Savior. They acknowledged him as Lord, but only one, only one made the cut to come back and worship him for who he was, for what he had done, for who he is in his life. Our highest call, our highest call is to worship God, to worship him, to serve him as King of kings and Lord of lords, to worship who he is. You see, it's, it's easy for us it's easy for us to think about the benefits of salvation, the benefits of knowing God. You know, we healing and as these lepers, but peace and rest and joy and all the things. It's easy for us to think about all of those benefits that Jesus purchased for us on the cross. But often we neglect to give him our lives in return. See, he gave our life to secure those things for us. And we must, in turn, give our lives to him, to make him Lord. But then to worship him 
for what he's done, to recognize what he's done in our life, that he's the God of our life. I'm going to ask the worship team to come back up. The Apostle Paul in Galatians 4.19 says, My dear children, listen to this. My dear children, for whom I'm again in pains of childbirth, but listen to what he says here, until Christ is formed in you. How many know that God wants Christ, he wants Jesus formed in you? That's how much he loves you. That's how much he cares about you. He wants his son to be formed in you. He was saying that his, Paul was saying here that his deepest, most heartfelt prayer was that you, that we, I, all of us would continue to pursue Jesus until Christ himself is formed within us. Keep going after him. Keep worshiping him. And see, my prayer today is that every one of us here would take the step, would take the step, make the cut to First, make him Savior. Recognize that he is our only hope of eternal life to make the step, take the step of salvation. But not just stop there, to give him our life, to make him Lord, and then to recognize and worship him. Because he, the Bible says, alone is worthy of our worship. We come to him as Savior, our only hope. We say, Lord, I give you my life. And Lord, thank you. And we worship him. This leper came back to Jesus. This one leper who made the cut came back and said, with thanksgiving for what he had done and worship in his heart. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? See, I asked the question this morning. I asked you the question, will you make the cut? Will you make the cut?